You're with Pastor Troy right here. We're getting excited. We got a special program for you. You're going to be seeing over the next few weeks until we get ready for season two. You're going to be seeing the best of the On the Dock season one. These will be coming at you hard and steady. I want you to get them out there. Check them out. Help us get them out to your friends. We want to see you on YouTube, Spotify, and iTunes as well. But this is the best of, get this, the best of season one. Get ready for it. We're going to be coming at you with a super season two coming up this August. We'll see you soon. Enjoy this episode of On the Dock season one. Best of. Pretty good, doesn't it? Yeet. You're on the dock with Pastor Troy Benetone. We're here in the studio, ready to work for you tonight. We've got a great show for you. We're in that wonderful time. We're just welcoming you here, be a part of that on the table tonight. We've got our first time ever on the set, our on the dock mugs. Check that out on the dock with Pastor Troy. You might want one of these. We have some while supplies last, and I'll tell you how to get it. You get it through a Patreon partnership you'll have to check that out in a minute we'll tell you how to find that you can get one of these we don't know how we'll deliver it to you but we'll get it to you we promise <laughs> and and someday soon we'll have our fine coasters to go with it we, we got to get those produced but and then on the table here you see i'm double drinking tonight double drinking we've got the cold brew from crown brew and they have provided us a wonderful cold brew mix tonight so i'm drinking hot and cold you gotta have both some people are hot and cold mm. you can take it that would make you in the end, lukewarm. I don't want to be lukewarm. No. I'm no. either hot or cold. You don't want to be spit out. That's right. We're glad you're here with us on the dock. I'm with, you're with Pastor Troy, and we're here, and we're doing this thing about giving you conversations that will propel your faith. We want to cause you to have a faith explosion, and we want to get you on the dock with us. We want to get you coached up, and then we want to get you, listen to this, out of the shallow. We want to get you out in the deep. You see that beautiful picture my daughter Megan did? You're with us in the studio. We're going to have a little conversation, and then we're going to get you in the boat, going to get you out past the past, and you're going to get out there and do the things of God. God's going to go with you. We want to empower and equip you to do those things. We have a great show for you uh, in the studio today. So we're going to get busy here in just a second. Let me remind you how to find us. I, you found us if you're listening to us, but let's tell you all the ways that you can. We're available on YouTube. We want you to get YouTube. YouTube's our primary station. We want you to go to YouTube. We want you to like us, subscribe us, and all that stuff. And then we also available on the iTunes and podcast version through Spotify, Spotify and iTunes, also Google Podcasts. You can also go watch us on Facebook. We have an On The Dock channel there at Roku. Roku, you got to download the SermonNet app. Rumble, you can try Rumble. I really like Rumble. Rumble's coming along. Check it out. And you can also download the SermonNet app, and you can find us there. There's a good place there at SermonNet. You'll find our archive. You'll find our archive on YouTube, Spotify, and iTunes. So check that out. We also got social media. Uh, you can shout out to us. We'll, we'll tell you about that. Facebook, Instagram, 
Find those channels, Telegram and Twitter. You can reach out to us. There's chat available there. You can tell us what you think about the show. Give us some comments. If you have some ideas or, or things, um, you can put them out to us, and then we'll build a show around it or maybe come back and do a follow-up to this. I had somebody today uh, after church said, I want to get on that podcast. <laughs> I had somebody today coming up and pitching me three shows today. <laughs> and they were actually good. The one show is on intersectionality. That's the one I've been talking about oh, a lot, yeah. where we talk mm-hmm. about how people are breaking mm-hmm. down. There's a ploy in the world today to break us into such segregated groups that nobody can talk to anybody, and you're kind of cross-fighting. Right. And it, it, we're talking about the destruction of unity within the Church of Jesus Christ. That's a hot topic. It's a yeah. hot topic. So oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to maybe get that guy in uh, and, and maybe get him across the table, and we'll just talk about it for about 40 or 50 minutes. It might violate our podcast rules. We may have to go like an hour or something like that, because I know the guy <laughs> that's Anderson, he likes to talk. So, and uh, more than I do. So, Whoa. and that's, oh, I know, that's just <laughs> terrible. And then also, we want you, when you find our, our platforms, go get on them. Find them on the dock with Pastor Troy. When you get on them, we want you to do this. We want you to subscribe. We want you to like. We want you to hit notification. We want you to comment. We want you to share that with other people. So please make sure you're doing that. Oh, let me show you that graphic. I'll show you that. I got a new graphic for that. There it is. We want you to do all those things and do that for us because the more uh, YouTube knows you like us, comments, they see we're relevant. They'll move us up in the search engine and more people can get that propelling type faith discussion. And finally, Patreon is our partner. You can go to my Patreon or you can go to the link through our website. We'll tell you about that in a minute. And you can become a partner or even a show sponsor. Maybe your business or you've got a product or something you would like to enhance, we'll be telling you on Patreon how you can get one of these coffee cups by partnering with us. Really small amount helps us propel the show and do more stuff for you. You can also maybe get out, if you're a business owner, get something on the market. And you can do that through Patreon, or you can also just use our contact points. Our contact points are, you, first of all, you can go to our website, www. It's www.onthedoc.org. You can go there and check things out, or you can go to info, email at info at onthedoc.org. You will get Donna Kranuski, who I'll introduce to you in just a moment. She will reach out to you, and if you've got something you need, a comment, maybe you want to get one of these coffee mugs, she'll talk you through whatever you need, help you get on one of the new sites, and whatever we can do. So that's how to communicate with us. Info at onthedoc.org, or go to our website, www.onthedoc.org. You'll find links to all these different uh, podcasts, platform sites, and it'll help you get there, make things a lot easier. So we're going to get started here. Got a great show for you. We're in found foundation of truth. We're in this series. We're in part four. We think we're going to do a fifth part as well. So be stay tuned for that. Go back and watch the other three parts of this series. They've been really, really good. And tonight we're going to just give you just a little taste here. Uh, at my table here, let me introduce our on the dock team. We got across the table from me, got Ben Adelini. He is our co-host for on the dock. And Ben is a worship pastor here at Community Faith Church. He is just an extraordinary man of God. He is the designer of this beautiful table and a lot of the all the work in this room. Gosh, of the wood and stuff. And then Lucas came in, did the lighting. Ernest Hale, who's our building grounds person, did all the paint work and stuff. It's just an incredible set. Mm-hmm. To his uh, over to the other side here is Donna Kranuski. Donna is our executive producer. She'll be behind the scenes a lot, communicating with you and reaching out to her. You can get her at info at 
on the doc.org and reach out to her. She'll tell you how to get one of these coffee cups, get you connected. And she's one of our, 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 our guests tonight. And then to my right needs no introductions. Mother Beth Benetton, my lovely wife and uh, mother Beth's giving out her wisdom. Well, she's been doing great in these early casts and she's going to get a ray falling. I know uh-huh. get out and comment how much you like her and you want to hear more from her. Make her trend, make her trend, <laughs> make her trend on Twitter. I'm trendy. She's trendy. Sure. Yeah. She wants to trend. And, and then, so that's our team today. We're going to get into this here real quick. We've been, Doing this Walk in the Truth series, I did this from February to May, and you can go find that at Community Faith Church. I preached on that in a series called Walk in the Truth, and it's from the book of 3 John. Um, we talk heavily about what is truth. That's the main focus in it, and it really kind of inspired us to do this opening podcast for On the Dock because we thought nothing is more getting at the the nature of the church and what's going on right now is the issue of foundational core truth. And we really think that's critical. And we think by laying this out, you're going to kind of know where we're coming from, how we're trying to get to you, empower you. We want to help you explode off that dock. We want you to get some rest, get some equipment, get out there and do something and understand that at the core of that is our understanding here as on the dock team that Jesus said in John 14, six, I'm the way, the truth and the life. And no one comes to the father except by him. We believe that the life that we have of any values in Jesus, we believe the truth is found in his absolute word of God and what he showed us and how to live and that we believe he is the way and that we want to mimic that and that's the only way to get to God. So we're not being confused or distracted by anything. We want to teach this unadulterated truth. So in this series, we're looking at what is truth. That's that's the main heart of what we're doing what is truth? And we, we, we've been using some definitions that biblical truth is that which is consistent with the mind, the will, the character, the glory, and the being of God. Even more to the point, truth is the self-experience or the self-expression of God. Truth is the very presence of God and God is truth. And we, we went on further and talked about absolute truth. So when you get to talking about truth, you add absolute in and you really get to who God is and what he's trying to do. It's that which is at all times and all places, no matter who we are, what we look like, what color we are, what our wealth is whether we're from this age or the age to come it doesn't matter if we feel like it or don't feel like it it's a truth we're talking about that transcends culture time it's universal and standard and it is the determining factor of what is right and wrong and absolute truth finds its source in god and as we've learned in god's word we've all been real good about that um Buddhism, we told you agnosticism. We talked about atheistic teaching. We talked about human secularism. If you go back and listen to the previous cast on this subject, but mostly we've been talking about how progressive Christians even today, uh, they have all kind of invited this alternative truth in and kind of given it a seat at the table like it's irrelevant and it's conventional. And they argue that there's more than one truth. There's this old-fashioned God truth that we call absolute ultimate truth, the truth that's inherently the nature of everything and how God wants it to be. And there's this other truth that's how how things appear or how I feel or my emotions. And they're saying that they're, they're both right. And we need to learn how to straddle the fence. And so we've come out and said this, listen, the essential idea of truth is that the Bible is not about conforming to the world. It's about us conforming to the, the plan and the will of God. And God is the standard based on the world's view the standard would be whatever I think it is. If I feel like I'm a little teapot or you feel like you're an umbrella or Ben over here feels like he's a a 12 string guitar, then we got to treat him like a 12 string guitar and you like an umbrella and both are the same. But the fact is we've been created at this table, male and female, no matter what we do to change our bodies, no matter what makeup or what surgery. I learned this this week. One guy said, your chromosomes won't change. Yeah. You cannot change the DNA that God put in you from the beginning. You can put makeup on a pig, but you can't make a pig a beauty queen. 
Right. Only God can do that. And no matter what we do or what we call it, it won't change it because God is a standard. And we've learned, we agree, there's not two truths. We looked at these incredible 10 truths about God. And I just want you to remember that God loves every person we've been talking to. God creates us. He, he has a purpose for us. And that's number two. God wants the best for you. God's timing's perfect. God does not cause evil things to happen. God is a good father. God will provide all your needs. God is faithful. God never lies. He is a God of truth and God is just. And so that, that, that's a good, simple perspective. And, and I just want to take a moment about those quickies and give you guys a chance for a moment. As we kind of summarize this up, we're going to go into the roundtable a little bit later. Just as we talk about truth for a second, and you hear that summary, what would you add to what you've heard and the struggles we're having today at locking down on that, that ultimate absolute truth? What would we add to, sorry, can you repeat that question? Yeah, what, 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 what would you add, what do you see as that, what's causing the struggle? What, what's the thing yeah. that's causing us to struggle over something that's so clear biblically in the time of history? Why are we struggling over something that seems like it should be so easy? Yeah, I think kind of like what Donna was saying before, you mentioned identity, and I think that a large part of the confusion is because people don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. And it's just, to me, I think you can boil a lot of it down to a major identity crisis, right. um, to put it simply. Why, why don't people know who they are? That, that's my question. Is I, I agree with that totally, yeah. but why? Why have they lost who they are? Who talked them out of who they are? Because you're you, I'm me. But somehow people like are uncertain of themselves, but then yeah. themselves there they are, you know. Hmm. Well, they stop letting God define who they are. I think in in my head, it's almost boiled down to this being a self centered uh, society and world that we live in. It's all about us, and we don't acknowledge authority. We don't acknowledge that someone else, uh, a divine God, already ordained who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like the old Solomon, whatever you want to do, just see if that, that makes you happy kind of a thing. Almost, what was it, the 60s or 70s? If it feels good, do it. If, right. um, you know, and, it, and really, we're just trying to please ourselves. And we're, be, we're beyond if it feels good, do it. If it's crazy, let's bless it. Well, wow. we've kind of gone to the next level. You know, it's like it feels good. Well, that was good. Let's marijuana, let's legalize it. Now you got states legalizing heroin, legalizing crack. You know, it's like yeah. we've moved from this doesn't even excite me anymore, so i got to go to this next level of extreme. Desensitized. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good word. We have been highly desensitized to the point that, I mean, just any kind of TV show you see now can just gross you out at many different levels. Well, the shock value level has gone up. They've upped the ante of what's shocking and pushing pushing the, the right. envelope. Absolutely. They have to, though, yeah. because... We've become so desensitized right. Yeah. Right, right, that right. they have to keep doing more. The more desensitized you are, the more callous, you know, the more the more callous you get when you agree. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of people, too, see God as this big angry father that's up there and, and trying to keep us from having a good time hmm. or you, trying to keep us from you think he's doing against, the things you, you think, we want to do. You think do. God is against us? I think people view him that way or like he's trying to keep good things from us why do you think people think he's like that do you think they, that's because christians we've done a bad job of expressing the father do you think that it's an easy cop-out do you think 
why, why, why have we not portrayed a God that loves them and wants to give his life for them and wants us to serve them? Why have we, why are people abandoned their identity and even don't trust their own brothers and sisters in Christ? Why? Now, are, are you specifically talking about progressive Christianity in the church or people who don't have Christ at all? I, I think, think those are two I, I different. think you can answer, but I think you can look at both at different, at different ways though. Yeah. yeah go ahead. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think somewhere along the way people have, whether they've never known God to begin with, or um, maybe they have, and they're leaning more towards this progressive multiple truths, Christianity thing. Um, we've just started to identify with our struggles and our sinful nature and we we take on the things that aren't right. Like so, somebody, you know, wrestles with alcoholism. Well, then we take on the identity of I'm an alcoholic rather mm-hmm. than rather than saying, no, I'm a child of God. And, that, and it just becomes a part of us and we come to accept it. Right. And I think it's like that with, you know, homosexuality, this transgender thing. It's like we we take the thing we struggle with and we say because we struggle with it, because it's something that, we lean towards, well, it's who we are. When right. really, Jesus says, pick up your cross, deny yourself, and follow me. Deny yourself. So, like, homosexuals who are in the church might say, um, why would God cause me to feel this way? Like, yeah. like if, if God's just, why would I have these des- desires? Well, the fact is, we all have flesh. We all have desires. Right. God right. said to deny those desires and follow him. Right. right. So you can't have it both ways. We're not really into denying ourselves. No. Anymore. I like that. I like that. Identify. We want to identify with our struggles versus our God-given victories that we can have. Right. And I love that we try to bless we try to bless what we're doing to overcome it versus trying to actually deny ourselves and overcome it yeah. and pick up the cross of God. It's easier to pull the bar down than to go over the high standard of what God's called us to. Mm-hmm. So if we've got to where we don't try to hurdle. We just try to dig the ditch deeper and walk under. We, we almost try to cheat it, but we, in the end we can't really cheat God because God is the standard. He's not going to bend over and, 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 and just say, no, nah, I, I was just joking. He doesn't do that. No. Well, and victim mentality is the way to go oh, right now. Right. You can't be uh, victorious. I mean, that's just not cool. You have to figure out where your weakness is and just relish in that weakness, in that desire, that false desire that is trying to pull you away from God. That's what you've got to live. You can't You can't be victorious over anything. Play the victim card. That right. That's really prevalent right now. Yeah, the victim card. And I like that I like that whole thought there that you, you, you gave on on. on we got kind of not a victorious, but a victim mentality. I think that's mm-hmm. so true. Mm-hmm. Let, let, let me, let me, let's get it back. Let me get us back into it yesterday. Uh, the last podcast, the, the word of God, the foundational doctrine, which was the apostles creed, sanctity of life, sanctity of Christian marriage, uh, God given identity. We're going to get to that in five, six, seven, eight. We're going to get to five, six, seven, eight minute. But, but in our previous podcast, we talked about the word of God. Remember that the word of God's the sharper than the two edged sword rightly divines the soul and the spirit, the, the, the marrow. So the word of God is, is good to us to the core. We talked about how all scripture is God breathed is inspired by God. It corrects us. And so we talked about the word of God and we talked about how the word of God is what can shape us and guide us and get us out of the shallows and into the deep. We talked about foundational, uh, doctrine in the apostles creed and we kind of pinpointed some of the biggies from the creed remember the creed i believe in god the father almighty maker of heaven and earth jesus christ his only son our lord who was conceived by the holy spirit born of the virgin mary those are all doctrinal statements the born of a virgin named mary the virgin birth 
is what justifies us. Because remember, if Jesus wasn't born of a virgin, then he was born by natural means. That means the curse of Adam was on him. So there was no original sin. But born of the Virgin Mary, but conceived by the Holy Spirit, not of the seed of Adam, but of the seed of the very presence of God, means that Jesus was born without original sin and a Passover lamb without a stain. Now, he could still stain himself by doing his own sin, but he lived a sinless life. Even Pilate said, I find no guile in this man. And so right there, if you just drop the virgin birth and Jesus is an ordinary man, he can't be who he is because he's spotted. He's stained. So if you take that one statement out, the whole creed collapses, the whole faith collapses. We talked about how it's like a hymn in the garment. You have these 16, 17 statements, suffered under Pontius Pilate, historical statement. He was crucified, dead, and buried. There's the whole atonement. He descended into hell. He got the keys for us from hell and set us free. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven, the ascension. He sat at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. So he's there to judge the quick and the dead. He's going to, one day we're going to stand before him and be counted as either sheep or goats. It's just a fact. I believe in the Holy Spirit. This is that one we talked about, a little different description, but he's kind of almost in, showing us the various, I don't want to call them institutions he's in, but into the various aspects which he comes available to us. He's in the church. He's in the saints. He's in the forgiveness. So when we forgive each other, he's in the middle of that. Uh, he's in the resurrection of the body. When we, when we give ourselves to Christ, he, he's there with us through, through death and into resurrection and the life everlasting. He will be with us all the way through. Mm -hmm. So it really talks about more the aspects of the Holy Spirit and how it's available to us. We talked about this and in that we we find about 14 major biggies from the trinity to creation to free will we we find original sin we find the jesus the christ the atonement resurrection the ascension justification by faith fancy word for salvation the word of god the church the second coming judgment eternal life there, there's several key biggies there and we talked about these and what we said about this was, and we'll, we'll take a moment for discussion here, we said that these are those untouchable, unchangeable, unmovable, unnegotiable things, the Word of God, these doctrines of God. This is what makes us uniquely the Church of Jesus Christ. As you've thought about that overnight from our last cast, do you, do you still see where are we lacking in the church and, and how do we get back to having that victory and that identity and that connection to God, I think, I don't know where you are at this, but I think it has to do with us moving back to the ground that's solid. Hmm. So, I mean, I mean, I think a lot of the church has moved its buildings and its its worship onto unstable surfaces. Make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's take a look at this. Then, then we went to sanctity of life. We talked about the sanctity of life, and that was really good discussion on that. That that we basically said you must not murder. So you can do all the other pro-life, all the other pro-choice. You can have all the discussions on my choice and my will and my body and all those things. But you come back to the fact that if you're a child of God, then God is your father. He has got a plan. And we, we learn in Jeremiah 29, 11, the Lord has a plan for everybody. Everybody does. So if we take that choice away, whether we kill somebody or we, we, we take a life in any form or state, other than the exceptions, God's given the, the government the ability to choose capital punishment for people that are a danger to society. He's, he's given us the ability to defend our homes when our life's at threat and, and, and to defend our lives bodily, both nation and individual, you know, self-defense. Other than that, we should never go out premeditatively and take somebody's life or even do things in a way that could cause casual loss of life because life belongs to God. 
you know, if God is our Father and God is God of the heavens, then it's really not our decision. It's my Father's world, as we talked about. And and so I just want us to think about the sanctity of life doesn't seem so hard, but it's it, we talked about it's not even the new battle. The, the life issue is a battle 20 years ago, and, and then you get the battle over Christian marriage, and now you've got the battle over whatever you want to be. You know, it's kind of the, we're going to get to that now. It's the big one. Battle over identity. The battle over identity where you get that now. But so the sanctity of marriage was the next one we discussed in our last one. And again, that just reminds us, the sanctity of marriage just reminds us that God created us male and female. He has a plan. And he says, hey, even Jesus says, you know, I prefer you guys just go and serve me and be alone. That's fine. But if not, take a wife, take a husband, be married, and the two become one. If you look deeply into Genesis, God understood it wasn't good for us to be alone. God didn't want to be alone. He created us to to be with him. And then he created, because Adam was alone kind of in a way, he created Adam his own kind of world to be with. And it's very clear if you read Genesis, we talked about Genesis chapter 2, when you get down into uh, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one. It's clearly they're a husband and wife. And the world now has decided that that's going to be defined any way you want it. So it's going to, it's basically decided, it's decided you're going to decide how this happens. And I don't disagree at all here that everybody has a right to decide who they want to be with and do what they want to do, because that's what we believe free will means. Right. I mean, free will lets us, I mean, people ask me all the time as a pastor, am I opposed to, to same-sex marriages? I said, absolutely opposed to same-sex marriages. I'm not opposed to same-sex unions. I mean, people can go do what they want. I don't think it's beneficial for their soul, for their life, for their future. It's not God's will for their life. But I think we all have the right to reject the very will and plan of God. He gave us that freedom. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's beneficial. I don't think it's helpful. I don't think it's healthy. I can like somebody and be a friend with them and, and just understand that that was their right to choose. But I don't think it's actually Christian marriage because to state the word marriage, marriage has always been a biblical statement. Marriage has always implied a holy moment. And so union fine, contract fine, covenant fine. But when you start using, when they say, we want you to accept Christian marriage for this, to do that, you would have to rewrite the truth. Right. Big problem, right? Mm-hmm. Right. But we have many of our progressive churches that have done it and finished with it. Yeah. And, and you've got major churches leaving denominations today, splits going on over this very issue. And this is the secondary issue still. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like the five-year-old issue. Well, let's, let's go to the big one. Let's get to the big one. You ready? God-given identity and sexuality. Is this not the hot topic for today? It's huge. I can't believe we're, we're at this point. It's, it's moved so fast. I can't believe how fast the slope has gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we're not just talking about God-given identity for somebody, but we're talking about now children, children's books being written by drag queens mm-hmm. and taught in New York public schools and broadcast through the PBS public broadcast system just in the last week. Mm-hmm. I mean, how to be a drag queen and being a role model to school-aged children and being taught and brought in by the New York City schools. I mean, I understand the New York City schools are, is not the church, but shouldn't the people of our country who love God and know God, shouldn't we be putting people in positions to make those decisions that would honor God, the God of this nation, and we're not? So, so how do you see us dealing with this sexuality thing? Because God did create, Genesis 1.27, God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. It's clear that he did. 
He didn't create teapots out of us. He has teapots, but but we're not teapots. And and it's real clear if you look at this text that God created us specifically, but now people are coming up with 17 different gender identities, let alone alternative personalities. So how do we cope with that in the church going ahead? How do we not look like we hate everybody or we're against everybody's personal expression? How do we be a loving church and hold the ground on a simple text? Let me go back to Genesis 1:27. God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. How do we get past that? What do we do with this? Yeah, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> well, let me just uh, pull up my doctorate here. and no. um, Well, like you said, it, it's like you can't, you can't force the world to believe in Christian values when they don't have Christ, right? So, like, it, people are, have free will. People can make their decisions. People can live, choose to live in sin. But now that we've come to the point where it's not just people are choosing to live in sin. It's like, no, this is the right way, and we're going to teach you how to do it properly. And next to mention, it's trickled into the church, and so now the Christian church, Christian church is accepting it and promoting it in some cases, and it's like makes it this really challenging, really challenging battle. And so I don't, you know, how do we deal with it? I think we love all we can do is love people who are in the midst of a struggle, but that doesn't mean we have to condone the sin, right. you know, in, in, in our community where we're at, and I, I want to do- identify which town of the three that we were kind of sitting in the middle of for years, we've had a drag queen in our community that goes out very public, very public. I have spent many days in a coffee shop, having coffee or pie sitting across an, a, a gentleman who's dressing as a woman about the size of Tootsie. Big, 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 obviously a man dressed in a woman's skirt out having coffee who's come out to identify themselves as somebody that's going to be whatever. And I have never hated on them. I've never seen anybody kind of stop them or throw anything at them. You do look because it's just it's just way too much person and way too much pantyhose and skirt. And I've learned going to Thailand, if you see anybody in pantyhose today, they're probably not a woman unless it's a wedding day or something mm. really special. Women just don't wear pantyhose anymore hardly. Mm. And, and, and when you see a lot of makeup on a woman, especially in Thailand, the first thing you know, it's a lady boy because it's too hot to wear makeup there. And it, on, you just see makeup like a beauty queen and you don't see a pageant going on. You don't see anybody. And, and so I saw this person a lot. There was no hate. I, I did pray about this person being lost and struggling with this and what's going on. I think we can be compassionate and respectful of somebody's choice to do that. But now I hear what you said. Choice is there. And that was going on for a while. But what we're now getting is forced choice yeah, right. or what I want to call forced yeah. compliance. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Ben must announce and not just say, I respect your right to do this, but I bless you yeah, as right. you do it. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what scares me now yeah. is we've moved past being respectful and polite and understanding you, God died, Jesus died. So you could have that choice. Mm-hmm. Now we're told that you've got to celebrate that day. And if you don't celebrate with a certain amount of joy, you're a bigot and a hater and you're really not hating. You just don't believe this is God's plan for that person's life. 
I just don't believe God's plan is for that person to get up and dress as a drag queen. I don't get, I, I do believe something's wrong. There's something need, there's a hurt there. And I hope the church can identify with it. But for me to com- be forced to comply with that or to, ch- or to choose that is a whole different league now that we're in. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. I mean, it says narrow is the gate and fewer those who find it. Right. And so I think when it comes to all of these issues, this one, and obviously there's others, but it's like the church adopting those things as normal and saying you can live this lifestyle. And obviously God still loves you, but God loving you and salvation are two different things. Right. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm in no place Really, just God say can, what a person God can love not, the but, person doing that yeah. without approving of what they're doing. He, mm. The prodigal father loved the prodigal son even when he was away in sin, loved him all the way as he left, loved him always as he returned, but would have been stuck with the consequence of the son's decision had he not returned. Yeah. He gave him the right to go. He was just blessed he came home. And I think we need to be blessed when somebody realizes that and comes home, and we should live our lives in such a way that helps somebody come home for sure. Yeah. They don't need anybody hating on them. Obviously, they're already struggling with their identity, mm-hmm. obviously, right? What they need is us to, to love on them, but society now is coming alongside them and saying, you got to all make this okay. And I, I can't do that. So any other comments on this? We'll move to the next one. Do, do you guys agree this is paramount today? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. It, it is the... It, and we'll come back and do more shows on this. And this, we're not done with this one. I just want to say, to me, this is a biggie. This God created them male and female, and we just need to accept that. I compassionately love people struggling with that. Well, I, there is so much rejection in that. For a non-Christian to reject God principles, that is one thing, and reject God. But this issue is coming down to rejecting their physical form. The actual created, what they can see with their hands. They can't see God. We have him in our hearts, and we are imbued with the Holy Spirit, and we're blessed to have that. But someone who doesn't have anything like that, they're they're down to rejecting their own form. And the self, I don't know if it's self-hate, self-doubt. I don't know what it is, but I have nothing noble to say about this because I don't understand and I'm, I'm not entirely sure how we can respond as Christians when it's in our Christian community besides love and mercy and how to navigate that is just very carefully. Yes. Well, <laughs> the Bible talks about a time when we'll call good evil and evil good, and we are at that time because there's a time in my, tra- in my own training as a pastor of sociology, psychology, that you, when people brought up fantasy lives of how they would identify themselves, you didn't go along, you were trained not to go along with that. You were trained when somebody says, I'm a little teapot, and you wouldn't say, well, you're a beautiful little teapot, right. and let, can I get you some more tea, and you can you can be a teapot or an umbrella, or you can be transgender. You were taught to say, what makes you feel like you're a teapot? What? Why do you, why do you need to express? You try to get to the underlying cause of that mm-hmm. so you could get back to their original identity, and we, we are being told to abandon anything like that, right. and that's considered hostile behavior to somebody to even probe that, mm-hmm. which means that that person is staying in their brokenness and their struggles, and again, it's the victimization that's being celebrated and there's no recovery and no attempt to recover. And if you try to recover somebody, you're actually considered to be assaulting somebody at this yeah. point in time. Right. So we're expected to enable. It, that's we are. It's enabling. It's a, that's a very we're good. Not, that we're is. not helping them to realize who exactly God created them to be. We are supposed to enable them into and, and get them deeper into their falsity and their their duplicity in their mind. And we have a real challenge because right now 
we need to hold the line and help bring people out of the darkness and into the right, light. Right. At the same time, we're going into a time when our society and even our government looks on us as hostile when we do that. Right. So we have to figure out how to do that like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did in a hostile world. we got to do it in a way that's gracious and generous and, and keeps us out of jail permanently, although we may have to go through some things. We need to do it decently and respectful. Yeah. Hey, let me move on. We, we, we're going to be in, in a little bonus time here in a second, but I want to get through this. It's important. Um, Worshipper, tither, server. We'll come back to that topic. I, I think one of the core principles for me is worshiper, tither, server. And, and I believe that when you worship and you tithe your worshiping, when you bring your tithe in, when you worship, and when you serve your worshiping. So whether you're in church worshiping, whether you're bringing your tithe and your stewardship shows that you're worshiping from your work, or whether you're just serving and outreach or whatever, I believe those are ordinary actions, mm-hmm. not extraordinary actions. They're not like, oh, look what I did. I think that's who we are and what we do. And we've got to get back to understanding that's a core principle. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so I, I, I think it's important for us to understand. Malachi says that really important word in verse 10, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the window of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. I, I just want you to say this. I want you to see this. The Lord is saying, if we'll bring stewardship front, if we'll bring worship front, if we'll bring serving front, he's going to outgive us if we give him our heart. If we recognize the absolute truth and we build our lives on that. Look what he says here. Your crops will be abundant for I will guard them. He will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine. That means whatever you do, your, your, the work you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, then all the nations will call you blessed for your land will be such a delight. I, I'm concerned that we're departing from the things of God, from worship of God, from tithing to God, to serving to God. Now we're departing even the identity of God and the life of God. What will God do with us as a nation as we get farther and farther from his plan? What are the footprints out there for other nations and places in the past when they left the will of God? It's not good. What do you think? No, he can't. He can't can't bless it. He can't go against his word. So there's no, he has no choice. He can't. He's not going to change what he, the truth is. Right. I think God's patient with us a lot of times. He is patient because he knows we're working on things. God has put up with so much more than I would. It, yeah. Y'all are just so, I tell the church all the time, y'all are lucky I'm not God. I would have karate kid to you guys a long time ago. <laughs> I would have reset and, and made a world of possums. I think possums are peaceful <laughs> and I love possums. I would have done something else. Eat ticks. I, I know, I, and I hate, I don't like those little boogers. I wish they'd eat spiders. If they eat spiders, if something, if you guys are out there and you know what eats spiders. Chickens. Oh, they do? They eat everything. If, hey, listen, if you find out what eats spiders, would you info at onthedoc.org, <laughs> tell Donna what eats spiders, because I want to get some of those. I do not like spiders. The bug guy was at our house today, and I said, kill all the bugs, and the spiders kill them twice. Resurrect them and kill them Amen. again. Amen. Amen. All right, so we're, are we in agreement that we need people to, spiders need to, die. to yes. be worshipers? And then let's move on a couple more, wrap these up real fast. We need passionate and faithful followers. You know, all this core values, all these doctrines, what I wanted to say in number seven is we need to now live it. We've got to go do it. It's one thing to say the Apostles' Creed, like we talked about with our friend in episode, I think, two or three, where we talked about he, he, he said this, but then when it came to his daughter, he didn't want to live it out. He said, if you don't change the fact that we've all sinned, I'm not going to let my daughter stay here because I don't believe my little girl has ever or will ever sin. And the fact is, we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I can't change that. The Bible says that. The Word says that. So 
if we say that we believe these things, then more importantly, we got to get out and live it. Don't you think? I think we got to put our foot to service. And I think one of the reasons why somebody may be sitting in drag in, in, in a neighborhood cafe is because they just haven't seen a lot of followers of Jesus to kind of help them rebuild their identity. And maybe that's because some of us haven't been the best examples we need to be. Mm-hmm. We need to get out in the deep and, and offer people hope and do it in a way that's loving and compassionate. And maybe we never change that guy's mind because that is his free will, but we should give him many good examples of lives transformed and identity that's renewed. Don't you agree? Right. La- last thing here, uh, let's get, oh, I, <laughs> Romans 12.1, I didn't want to miss it because I promised from last time. It says, uh, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. That's what we talked about the last show. Mm-hmm. We talked about that that we need God. We need our worship, our lives to be acceptable. We need to get out and do it because the best offering to God is not just our tithes, but a life that matches that tithe. Yes, the worship that matches that tithe. And then last but not least, daily truth walkers. We can't just talk it. We can't just do it. We got to do it every day. Right. We got to get out there and show the world uh, the light of Christ. That, that's why I like the lighthouse concept that we have in our graphic. It, it really shows us. It says in Acts 1.18, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You'll be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. And I'm going to just substitute Marion, Carterville, Heron, you know, in Macanda, you know, Belleville, and you can get out of the state. God wants us to go everywhere telling people about him and being an example because look at our graphic here on the dock. I'm going to throw it up full screen. We need to get out there where that sun is, take Jesus with us, get out past the lighthouse and show people the good things of God. Mm-hmm. And we need to get out there in the water where people are struggling and dying. And, and the Bible says Jesus came to rescue the lost sheep, rescue the perishing. We can bring people back in, get them on the dock, talk some sense into them and go from there. I want to get us out of here and we're going to, we're going to continue this discussion in our next episode. We're going to go deep into round table. We've got some great things that these guys have said, and we're going to mine those out and really turn them loose and let them do some crazy, crazy stuff as we <laughs> wrap this up. So don't miss the next podcast. And let me just give you a couple pieces of information here. Uh, you can find us at www.onthedoc.org and you can email us and you can find out from Donna how to get one of these coffee cups at info at onthedoc.org. You can also find out and tell her how to kill spiders what eats spiders i want please, to know that please. and then check us out on youtube itunes uh, spotify google podcast facebook roku rumble sermonet we really want you on youtube though because we want you to see us and reach out to us on our social media sites facebook twitter te- uh, telegram and instagram you can say hi to Don on that. Tell me how to kill spiders. Show us a picture of what eats them. I want to see that. And on all those different mediums and networks, please subscribe, like, share, comment, hit notifications so we can be your partners throughout this. We really appreciate it. And you can reach out to us through my our Patreon site. You can go to that through www.onthedoc.org. Or even better, check this out. You can go to my Patreon, download the app, find on the dock, and you can find out how to be a partner and get one of these mugs. You can find out how to be a sponsor for one of the episodes and other things that we'll be putting up in the days to come. Check that out. And finally, if you don't have a church home of your own, we would love to have you at Community Faith Church. We have worship at 10 o'clock on Sundays, 6.30 on Wednesdays. We are here live, real church, real study. We get in the Word. We'd love to have you. If you don't already have a church home, come join us. And if you can't, you're traveling, you're maybe you're in Wisconsin, listen to this. We are available at COA 
wftv.com. You can watch us online. We also broadcast the church service on Facebook and YouTube. Just find the Community Faith Church Marion, Illinois channel, and we would love to have you. God bless you. Thanks for coming. Thank you to the panel. Thank you guys for being a part of this, and we'll look forward to wrapping up with you guys in the next roundtable discussion at On the Dock. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you soon.